Uh, uh. Right, that's it. Just one more step. This will be so much easier if you let me take the blindfold off. But you'd spoil the surprise. What surprise? I already know we're at the cinema. Eh? How on earth could you know that? Well, my dear boy, I have a highly attuned sense of smell. The unmistakable aroma of hot dogs, popcorn and impossibly sugary drinks belong nowhere else. I have been coming to the pictures long enough for that to be obvious. Wow, that's fantastic. Also, I heard you asked for two tickets for Screen 4. You might have disabled my vision, but my hearing is still impeccable. Hmm. Well, yeah. You might as well take the blindfold off then. About half past four. Stop being a prat and take the blindfold off. Ah, that's better. It's not easy getting up these stairs with a wooden leg, even when I can see properly. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about the wooden leg. Well, I'd just like to get on with it. I don't want any special treatment. Oh, that's very noble of you. I wasn't going to give you any. Right, here's our row. I'll sit by the end in case I need to go to the loo. Really? You'd make me climb over you. That's really thoughtless. Hmm. Okay, well, you sit there then. No, no, no. You go ahead. Don't mind me. I'll cope. So, anyway, you brought me here to the cinema. I must confess, I was hoping to get a breather after all our adventures in the jungle. Ooh, spoilers! What? That's an untold tale. Listeners don't know about that yet. Okay. Why don't they know about it? It's been classified. I'm not allowed to talk about it. But it's quite important. Don't you think they should know what happened to us when we escaped from hell? Do you mean they don't know the end of the story? Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, we ended up in the jungle and then all sorts of shenanigans ensued. All those top-secret missions. I feel like you're bigging it up way too much. People will be disappointed. I think they get used to it with this podcast, but uh, yeah, I see what you mean. So, anyway, as I was saying, why have you brought me here today? I thought I'd treat you to a movie. The best movie ever made. What? Star Wars? On the big screen? Nope. Casablanca? Nope. Surely? Surely? Not Star Trek the motion picture? (laughs) No. That's not even the best Star Trek movie. It's nowhere near as good as The Final Frontier. How dare you, sir? I demand satisfaction. I challenge you to a duel to the death. Sit down. People are watching. Drop your ice cream. Bugger. I'll buy you a fresh ice cream. Strawberry? If you like. Then my honour is satisfied. You will live another day. Glad to hear it. Now, sit down before someone calls an usher. Shh. Sorry, I, I have to talk loudly because he's an idiot. I think there's a more PC term for someone who's mentally challenged. Oh no, you misunderstand. He's not mentally challenged, he really is an idiot. Oh, sorry. So, anyway, what is this movie? It's Saturday night at the movies. Who cares what picture you see? Me. I care. Also, I don't like the implication that you might hug me. Ugh, no thanks. Well, you'd better not. Anyway, what are we seeing? Shh, you'll find out. The lights are going down.
moon. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. The projector seems to have broken down. We're not sure why. It was only serviced yesterday. Please remain in your seats and we'll have it working in no time. Dave is rebelling against the film again. I know it's only a machine, but I can tell. I wish I bought some popcorn now. You can have some of mine. Oh, thanks. Uh, I moved the bucket. That's actually my groin you're rooting in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think you bought a hot dog. Here's the bucket. Hmm. I'm not sure lemon and lime is a good combination for popcorn. Yeah, suit yourself. Well, what are we going to do now? This could take a while. Oh, 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 I know, I know. Why don't we talk about Genesis? <laughs> well, we could do that, but... Thankfully, we've listened to all the Genesis there is to listen to. <sighs> yeah, but as we're at the cinema... Yes? And as there are several songs by Genesis members that are only on movie soundtracks... Oh, God, yes? We could review those for our listeners. <sighs> OK, if we must. El Capitan of the Pointless. <laughs> what tracks are we going to start listening to? There were several tracks that only featured on film soundtracks by members of Genesis. What, as like introductions to films or just in the background? In just both in the background, over the credits, part of the scene. Uh, now, I'm not talking about something like Tony Banks's uh, Shortcut Somewhere, which was featured in the film Quicksilver, because that was actually on the Tony Banks album. What I want to look at is tracks that were not then featured on an actual album. So these are like tracks that you can't get anywhere else exactly. other than on other the than on OSTs? Yeah. A couple of these were re-released on compilations because they were hits. Okay. But they weren't on an actual album album. Right, so let me get this straight. Yeah. These are tracks that are so good mm-hmm. they only have appeared on mostly straight-to-video movies. No, not mostly straight-to-video. Some of these are Oscar-winning movies. Some of these went straight-to-DVD. Yeah, it well... Some of them have never been released on DVD. Ooh, no, okay. That's not true, actually. Oh, right. So they haven't, <laughs> they haven't even got that clique thing of, this no. is so rare, you can't even get it anymore. No. Unlike Tony Banks' Soundtracks album, where the films were never released on anything other than... Laser discs. <laughs> on, a, on a VHS. Just Betamax, so only five people exactly. in the world could actually watch it. So unlike those, these were actually popular films that did quite well and made bank as uh, the younger people say. When you say popular, are we talking like the Wicked Lady popular? (laughs) Well, there you go, you see. That's that's a flyback. Isn't Um, it? It is. Um, No, they were more popular than that. I guarantee that you've heard of three of the four films. Actually, I'm quite interested now. Whether you've seen three of the four films, I don't know. But the first film I think we should talk about is The Elephant in the Room. (laughs) What? The elephant is in the room. The elephant in the room when it comes to Phil Collins is against all odds. Now, if, like me, you've never seen this film, nor have any interest in seeing this film, the thing you'll know about this film (laughs) is the track Against All Odds by Phil Collins. Going back to your early statement, I am like you. I have no interest in seeing this film. Exactly. But that said, I have got some facts about the film to give you a bit of the old background. Just the facts, ma'am. Fact me, baby. So this film was released in 1984 and it starred Jeff Bridges, 
Rachel Ward and James Woods. It's actually a remake of an older film, which was called Out of the Past, or also known as Build My Gallows High in the UK. Is it a Western? No, it was a, more of a gangster movie. It starred Robert Mitchum, the original version. I love Robert Mitchum. It focuses on Jeff Bridges' character, who's called Terry Brogan. Um, he's an ex-football player who comes to the end of his contract and doesn't look as if he's going to get a renewed contract. So he takes a job for an acquaintance called Jake, who wants him to find his girlfriend. Jake claims his girlfriend stole money from him. Too long, couldn't be bothered to watch the film. Basically, Terry finds the girl and they fall in love. Then she betrays Terry. Then she betrays Jake. Then she gets caught. Then the two of them are forced apart. And it ends with a lingering look of them not being able to see each other. Wow. Separated from a distance. The end. Sounds horrible. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Yeah. But it was huge. Despite receiving mixed reviews on release really really big and from that came this single from this single yeah. was this single written for the, the film or was it just happenstance that they were called it, the same thing it was the lyrics were written for the film it was actually a, a song that Phil had demoed for face value which it, I believe was called How Can You Just Sit There and um, when Taylor Hackford the director of the movie who was most famous at the time for directing An Officer and a Gentleman which starred Richard Gere. He contacted Phil asking him for a song. Phil gave him this one and then wrote new lyrics to tie in a little bit more with the song. Uh, nowadays, the film's best known for having this song as its title track. Was it just happenstance that Phil came into the room and they said, we need a film that's called uh, Against All Odds. Phil, you got anything? And he goes, no. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> I have. Um, it was a I've been tinkering well, with it and, and he just changed the name on the fly um, a little bit I think um, we'll come to it when we talk about the actual song in a minute but Phil didn't really like the song which is why he didn't use I've it I've got so value. much in common with Phil Collins <laughs> it's really incredible no spoilers please no, no spoilers okay, please no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yes so basically this soundtrack album not only features Phil Collins it also features Mike Rutherford it features Peter Gabriel it's got Stevie Nicks and it's got Big Country so the first side of the vinyl album was those artists. The second side of the vinyl album was soundtrack music. Very much like the Wicked Lady that we reviewed was synth stuff one side, yeah. actual soundtrack stuff the other side. I always wondered whether, yeah. whether he sort of actually wanted to use the synth stuff in the main film. Yes. And they just sort of went, oh, we can't do that because yeah. it sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh, it also had Kid Creole and the Coconuts on there as well. There's a blast from the past. All of these tracks are exclusive to the soundtrack. They weren't used on any other albums, except they were put onto compilations if they were a hit. I'm going to say, because I so. haven't heard that soundtrack, and I'm pretty sure Radio Nurgit mm. hasn't got the soundtrack, and yet this yeah. this uh, track is all over the radio. It is, it is. But it was a huge single, of course. I've not got many, uh, many facts about this film, because I don't want to delve into the film too much, because I'm not interested in the film. I'm not reviewing the film. I want to review the songs. We could film. start reviewing films. Yes, all right, let's start with uh, those films that Tony Banks did the soundtrack to. OK, let's not. Let's not, no. really. We'll, right. just, we'll just carry on with music, I think. OK, yeah, let's do that. One last little nugget of fact. Nugget of Rome. Yeah. Nugget away. A little nugget of fact there. Jeff Bridges, as you know, was in Tron. Oh, I do know that. Yeah, and when they made Tron Legacy in 2010, they used Jeff Bridges' performance in this film as the basis for the young Jeff Bridges CGI in Tron Legacy. 
Really? Don't yes. they? Don't they? Oh. I always wondered how they did the de-aging yeah. process. Yeah. So they basically just get an old version of them and use that as a as a canvas as a, in yeah. which to paint the new action. Exactly. And this was the film they used. Gosh, isn't isn't effects yeah. amazing? That clever. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is clever. It is. Actually, I yeah. think it's clever. Yeah. 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 So I'm stating the fact, but that is clever. That is clever. Mm. So that's all the facts I've got about this film. Shall we listen to the first track? No. Shall no. We oh. listen to it. Go on. Everybody's favourite Phil Collins song, Against All Odds. How can I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. When I stand here taking every breath with you, Ooh. you're the only one who really knew me at all. Number one in the USA. It did. Only number two in the UK. That's right. However, Westlife and Mariah Carey mm-hmm. did get to number one with it. They which did. must have galled Uncle Phil. They did. There's there's a lot of covers of this song. I'm going to produce a small episode about the covers after. You spoilers, this. you really do. So, yeah, but Mariah Carey and Westlife really. Well, the, actually, Mariah Carey released two versions of this song in the same year. Wow. Because she released a version on her own and then she released a version um, with Westlife about three months later. You know you've run out of material when you release the same track yeah. twice in a year. Exactly. Even Hawkwind <laughs> haven't quite managed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so the track was produced by Arif Mardin, um, but because Phil was on tour with Genesis at the time, the piano, keyboard, bass and strings were all recorded in New York by Arif and Phil recorded the drums and the vocals while he was in LA. So the track wasn't recorded together in the studio, it was all recorded separately. Wow. Ooh, interesting. So, but when you think about Phil Collins... I try not to, too much. This is the song that generally people think about. Yeah, but... Well, there's, a, there's another one that I think about more mm. when I think of Phil Collins. Um, and it's, I, I suspect it's coming up at mm. some point, because it was, it was used in a movie, I recall. Yeah. But yeah, this is the other one that you think of. And this was the first of seven US number ones for Phil. Yeah, this one won, uh, was uh, it won a Grammy, didn't it, for Best Pop Vocals. It did. And it was nominated for Song of the Year in the Academy Awards mm-hmm. and also a Golden Globe Award. It was. And the performance at the Academy Awards was not performed by Phil. No, it wasn't. That was so <laughs> funny. He must have been grinding his teeth in the audience. <laughs> yeah. We share the laughter and the pain 
clip of it in so you can hear it if you haven't already. I remember this because it was actually a dancer on stage mm-hmm. who was lip syncing to it. Yeah. That yeah. was just like, he must have just, if their camera cut to him, which I assume it did, I don't remember we're actually watching this, but he must have cut to him and he must have been sat there with his mouth open mm-hmm. yeah. wondering what was going wrong what with going his on. life. Well, there's a little, little section on this in Phil's autobiography um, where he says, his management were approached to use the song in the Oscars performance and Phil said yeah I'll I'll gladly come and perform it and basically the people around the Oscars went nobody knows who you are we don't want you to perform it we just want the song oh double slap (laughs) double slap (laughs) yeah wow so yeah I mean this is 1984 Phil was pretty Big, big by, by then, Genesis, even in America. Genesis were really kicking off yeah. in '84. I mean, especially and in America. Had, and in America, Genesis were already a big name yeah, by I mean, then. They had that's all had been out by this and point. And they toured endlessly in yeah. the states at this point. Yeah, exactly. So they they were very big. And who said the Oscars aren't <laughs> in touch with the people exactly. today? So yeah, nobody knows who you are. We're going to get a dancer to perform it for you instead. And exactly that, what you said, you know, film has been cringing. He says he was sat in his seat and. He felt like his seat needed to swallow him up because the performance was so bad. Yeah, I would be mortified if yeah. that had happened to me. Yes. Not that anybody's ever covered any of my songs. No, no. Or ever heard any of my songs. No, no. Please keep them to yourself. I, mean, I do. I hum- There's only so many songs about drinking beer and falling over that you can listen to. Oh, oh I really doubt that. No, There's only so many I can perform, actually, before I do fall over. Fall over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly along. Yes, so uh, like we've said already, the demo of this song was uh, was recorded for Face Value. It was also that was released on the 2016 remaster of Face Value. So why didn't he use this on Face Value? Because there are a lot of crap songs on Face Value. <laughs> this this would have fitted in nicely. Like I say, Phil didn't really like it as much as the other ballads he'd written, so he just left it to one side, um, and then. As you pointed out, when the director came and asked him for if he'd got a song, he just went, no, actually, yes. Ka-ching! Ka-ching, wrote some new lyrics, gave it to him. There you go. Job done. And Phil did say that he originally called it Against the Odds, and then Taylor Hackford came back to him and said, no, the film's called Against All Odds. So he had to kind of fit Against All Odds into the lyric instead so oh, clever boy like yeah. Phil he would have managed it that's why it sounds a little bit awkward video was directed by Taylor Hackford I don't remember the video it's not very good it's just little clips of the movie and then Phil kind of singing against a spangly curtain I think yeah that's kind of that's, that is kind of how they usually go mm. with, with film soundtracks when they do a film uh, so they like to plug mm. the film yes. as well as the song so you very yeah. really get an interesting video of these things I'm sure if you're a member of our Facebook page which you can find on Facebook the Revelation Station podcast I will have posted the video to this nice plug at, by the at way at some point during the week before this has been released so yeah you've probably seen it you've probably seen it uh, this was also the fifth best selling single of 1984 in the USA wow yeah it was a money spinner it's widely said that the movie was so popular because of this song, which is ironic because the song doesn't play until the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then again, of course, in those days, you got the starting credits, Yeah. which is something you don't get so much now, thanks to know, Star actually. Wars, which yeah. really broke that kind of mould. Yeah, you don't, but that's all the facts. So anyway, let's come down to the <laughs> nitty gritty of this. What do you think of the song? 
Uh, I I like it actually. I think it's the very epitome of a power ballad, an yeah. 80s power ballad. Yeah, I agree with you entirely, and that's exactly why I hate it. <laughs> As you know, I'm not a big fan of this kind of music. No, that's true. Um, I like a wide variety of music. Mm. And when it comes to power ballads yes. or romantic songs, yeah. it narrows really quite <laughs> incredibly. Yeah. Um, you, you, you only really like Lick My Love Pump by Spinal Tap, don't you? That is a classic song. Yeah. That's the only love song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's got everything. It's got romance, yeah. it's got love. What more can you need yeah. if you're going to serenade a lady on a night out? <laughs> what... Lick my love pump. Come on. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, but I, th- I think this track's really difficult to talk about objectively again. What? Lick my love pump. Yeah. No. Against all odds. Oh. Yeah. Because it was so. It is so overplayed. Even now, it's still played on the radio. Yeah. It's everywhere. And I'm during, pretty sure I heard it the other day yeah, on the radio. Yeah. During the eighties, it was literally everywhere. So I think it's really difficult to talk about objectively. Like Wham t-shirts. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. It's the musical equivalent of, of Wham t-shirts. But it takes that love song and it gives it that filled twist of bitterness that we know and love. You can tell he went through some serious sort of yeah. um, issues yeah. with his wife. I mean, for the most part, it's a generally it's a love song. But then Phil comes in with that little bit of bitterness it's, it's and also, regret. It's also got that extra gooiness that you expect mm. from Phil Collins sort of romantic stuff that actually yeah. makes you want to physically be ill yeah yes it is very very sickly mm. very sickly yeah deceptively so because it has that I, I always I've always got this picture in my mind mm. where I'm sort of on a date and we sit down on my couch downstairs and mm. I offer a glass of wine and then I put on this track and all I can imagine is that she would walk out at yeah. that point thinking I was some sort of weirdo. But ironically, if she did that, you can sing along to the first line. How can you just walk away from me? It so fits! <laughs> there you go. What are you complaining about then? <laughs> there you go. Phil really does know it all. He does know it all. He, yeah. a, a song for every every occasion. No pun aside, but what are the odds? <laughs> yeah. It's got a really good uh, iconic drum fill as well. Yes, there is the iconic drum there sequence. There is. There is, although I was listening to this the other day in preparation for this podcast and my daughter came in the room. She immediately recognised it as a Phil Collins song. She said, all Phil Collins songs sound the same. There's a beat drop and then the drum comes in. <laughs> and as she said it, there was a beat drop and the drums came in. I wish I could just make it turn around Tell you, you're going to have so much trouble with that kid. <laughs> She's getting to that age where she knows you now. Yeah. You, are, you have got no respite from this child. How do you argue with that? You can't. You can't argue with and it. And she, she will now... This is the beginning of it, my friend. Yeah. She is going to be nailing you to the floor yeah. with these facts. You are going to be an old, old man in about three years because yeah. everything you try and enjoy, she's going to just slam you down. Exactly. Slam you down like a wet pancake. So there you go, you heard it here first, listeners. All Phil Collins songs have a beat drop and then the drum kicks in. Gotta say it, the kid's a genius, she spotted that. Yeah. It's taken us years and we haven't spotted that, (laughs) but she's just straight in there. Yeah. So give me more of your opinions. You've had my opinions on the song, you hate it, but tell me why do you hate it? It's just too schmaltzy. It's like like a lot of Phil Collins stuff, as you Mm. know. As our listener knows, mm-hmm. um, I'm not a big fan of Phil's solo stuff. Mm. I find it too schmaltzy, too mm. too cheesy. It's just mm. at the risk of sounding like a four year old. Yeah, it's too girly. <laughs> um, 
and it's just you know when you're out with your mates yes and one of them's trying to get off with a girl yes or a goat yes. or whatever it is they're trying yeah. to get off with and you can hear what he's saying and he's just trying too hard mm. and inside you're just cringing <laughs> and you're feeling really really sorry for him because yeah. he's just really trying to be too hard mm. he never was a paratrooper yeah. he never has been into space whatever whatever yeah. he's trying to say that's how I always see Phil Collins ballads mm. they're just too much sugar in there yeah they're just really they really upset my stomach mm. that'll be the bitterness that you sprinkle it's in it it's not just the bitterness the bitterness <laughs> is kind of like levelling in them yeah because you've got the schmaltzy I love you so much coming through yeah and at the same time you've got that I know you're going to destroy me <laughs> going on as well yeah so yeah you've got that balance mm. with, with Phil Collins uh Songs, yeah, it's just a shame he releases them. Ooh, controversial, not at all. <laughs> I don't think, no, I don't think that's controversial at all. To be honest, no, I, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of love ballads, yeah. Um, I don't know why because mm. you've got a, a cold, hard, bitter heart. No, I think it's because I'm capable just, of human emotion. I think, and, and, and you will back me up on this, it's just so. I'm so incredibly macho. <laughs> Not the response I was looking for, but... Uh... <laughs> you dropped your popcorn. <laughs> so your real friend who stopped laughing about two minutes ago. <laughs> I can't talk about it. Let's, let's do another song. <laughs> this is the next song. This is... <laughs> you introduce it, I can't do it. <laughs> Looking at your notes, it says, walk through the fire. Is that an instruction? <laughs> For the rest of you still listening, this is Walk Through the Fire by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> soundtrack to this one movie or? no just these three songs oh okay yeah. okay so all of yeah. the next three songs are all of this film yes correct it's a bit of a coincidence isn't it, it is a bit of a coincidence isn't it a bit of a coincidence was that was it like one of the producers a massive genesis fan or something well apparently he must have been but he he, he kind of liked the classic 70s rock didn't he uh, and kid creole and the coconuts because <laughs> yeah but i mean it, it, out of all the acts you know when you see an, a normal movie and mm. they get a soundtrack together yeah they really delve and just 
pick random stuff usually, but it's going to fit the scene or whatever. Yeah. Well, what Guardians, the chances? Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example of that, isn't it? Where they've it taken is. classic tracks yeah. and they've fitted them, not just fitted them into the movie, there's a reason for them to be in the movie. Yes. And yeah, I'm thinking of the opening sequence where he's listening to it on his walk yes. and, and it fits in the scene as well. Yeah, and it explains why yeah. all the music is from the same sort yeah. of era. But in this case, I mean, what were the chances of getting three... Genesis then, members. Yeah, I just wonder if he asked uh, Tony and Steve as well. And they just went... We've seen the film. We saw the original. Yeah. We don't do remakes. Yeah. Well, I'm a Stevie Nicks in Big Country then. Mm. Well, you go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you go and ask Kid Creole and the Coconuts as well? Fine, I will. Well, they said they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. probably what happened. Probably. Yeah. So, anyway, Peter Gabriel. So, yeah, so this song was released as a single in 1984 as was well. Was this another big single? It was not a big single. It managed to get all the way to the dizzy heights of number 69 in the UK. Wow! Where it stayed for a week before dropping to number 75, where it stayed for another week before disappearing from the charts entirely. Can we just put this in some sort of context? At this point when this is released and mm. he's asked to do this, yeah. roughly where are we album-wise with Peter Gabriel? Are we in his solo stuff at this point or is it yeah, pre-solo it's, stuff? it's 1984. It's after Peter Gabriel's fourth album, which was released in 1982. Okay. But it was while he was in the studio writing and recording things that would eventually go on to be so. Okay. Because when I was listening to this, there was an awful lot of... I know it's the 80s, mm. but there's... There, and, and the synth does sound very 80s in mm. this. I mean, it's it's choppy, it's trying to be edgy, yeah. but isn't quite. Or yeah. certainly doesn't sound that now. Mm. So I was just trying to figure out roughly where this was coming yeah. from, from a creative point of so view. So I think the reason it sounds like that is probably because it was it was remixed by Niall Rogers. He remixed it for the single release. This version of the album was released slightly different. Niall Rogers co-produced this. Great. That's brilliant. And... and just for those people out there yeah. who may not have the breadth of knowledge that we have. Yes. Who the bloody hell <laughs> is Niall Rogers? He's only one of the most famous rock R&B pop producers ever. Oh, Niall Rogers! Yes. Oh, who? Uh, he was the brains behind uh, disco bands like Chic. You say brains? Yes. That's quite a good statement. Yes. Uh, he's still recording today. So, he was in, the, in a big R&B scene. Mm. How does that correlate with this track? I don't know. They just there's actually two tracks that Peter worked with Nile Rogers on, which we'll come to the other one later. Just just to aren't you quite impressed with my use of the word correlate there? Mm, yeah. Just 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 bigging myself up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably why it sounds a little bit different to a lot of Peter's stuff. I mean, it sounds a bit like a waypoint, doesn't it, between Peter Gabriel Four and Sledgehammer because it's got the it's tending towards the more world musicy rhythms of Peter Gabriel 4 security for those in the USA but also with kind of an underlying almost R&B bass yeah it's, it, it's really funny you should say that because I was not going to say anything like that mm. What were uh, you going to say? I was just going to say it sounds a lot more like some of his earlier stuff mm. um, because of its edginess yeah um, not really like yeah. his early stuff but it's got that same kind of feel I think mm. than like like number two specifically yeah. I know we weren't big fans of his second album yes um, in fact nobody was mm. but it was because it was edgy and experimental a yeah. lot more than you know mm. some of his other tracks which were easy to get in into yeah. two was a little harder to get into mm. because there were no obvious hits yeah. or you know it was just it was just 
on the cusp of being something. Yes. You could see what he was working towards. Yeah. And some of this track has that feel for me because it's 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 more developed than those tracks mm. because it's got a, a very basic rhythm. Yeah. Problem I have with that is that it keeps repeating that yeah. rhythm to the point of yeah. tedium. Yes. Um, but it is at the same time also quite experimental as well. Yeah. And it's in its sound exactly. and use of synths. Yeah. So. I was thinking it was. It's kind of like his saying number two in yeah. that respect that he's trying something else here. Yeah. As you say, it's almost like a bridge between yeah. his two albums, and you can see what he what he was at. Now he's kind of here. Mm-hmm. He's experimenting and moving around, and he will eventually be there. Exactly. So this is, as you say, yeah. like almost a bridging track between those albums. Is I think the 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 vocals very reminiscent of Peter Gabriel three. Yes, with like the howls and things that he did a lot of on Peter Gabriel Three. Yeah, his um his vocals on this. There's a lot of stuff in there. Again, almost like he's being experimental with the vocals. Mm. You can hear stuff coming through, and you think, I can. He's going to use this more later, and this he's used in the past, and and this is like a mishmash of vocal tracks which we won't really hear yeah. again. That's right. It Thanks. Is. It is <laughs> brilliant. Right, yeah. I got a fact. I got a fact. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there isn't much information that I could find about this song when it was recorded. and Whether it was recorded as part of the Peter Gabriel 4 sessions and not used, or whether it was a, a new track that he didn't uh, develop further and use on so. There's not much information out there about it. All I know is it's on this soundtrack. <laughs> it was really single and didn't go anywhere. So he's never actually put it even on a compilation? Or it anything? is on a compilation album. This particular version is on the rated PG <laughs> compilation that he released a couple of years ago for Record Store Day. Okay. Um, which featured almost all of the tracks that he recorded for film soundtracks like this. As that's a full album, we'll be coming to that at some point in the future. Oh, joy. So you get to hear this track again. Oh, joy. Yes. Um, and the remix single version is on the Flotsman Jetson download-only compilation that was released a couple of years ago. So, yeah, they were released, but they weren't actually on albums. They were never album tracks. Okay. What do you think of the song? It's all right. Um, it's it's interesting to listen to. It's certainly interesting. There's a lot going on it in is. there, but I found it quite repetitive, um, and then the repetition eventually became annoying. Yeah. So from somebody who enjoys Peter Gabriel's music or some of it at least, mm. it was interesting because you could see, as we were talking about, the fact that this was almost an idea blooming. You could see where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. We were going to get some great music after this. We'd had some great music before this. And yeah. This was just like the melting point of those two yeah. things. It's just a shame about the repetitive nature yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, my thought of it is it's all right. It's, it's not amazing. It's not bad. There's a lot going on in the track. Um, it's nice. got a nice brooding feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as upbeat. And it's not, you know, it's not power ballad or anything. No. Anything. Um, but it's all right. I don't dislike it. I, I don't think it's his best. I think. Yeah. So we both basically think it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Now, my daughter update. She was still in the room when this came on. What? Would you? Had you <laughs> chained her up in there or something? No. Uh, she was helping wash the dishes. Uh, yeah. Domestic bliss. Exactly. And she said, "Oh, this sounds like Peter Gabriel," when it started up. Um, and I said, "How can you tell it sounds like Peter Gabriel?" She said, "Because he's using interesting sounds. Sounds like he's making an effort." <laughs> Boom! And that's the rest of you Genesis members thrown out the door. Yeah, so Somebody in this band was making an effort. <laughs> sounds like he's making an effort. There yeah. you go. But doesn't that also, that sounds a bit like damning somebody with faint praise? It really does. It's a terrible song, but you sound like you've made an effort. 
four stars. <laughs> well done for the effort. Yeah. Have a participation trophy. Yeah. Have, a little, <laughs> have a little chocolate as well. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's all right. That's a that's a rub on the head moment. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I d- I've no idea how this works in the context of the film because I ain't seen the film. I ain't gonna see the film. Fair enough. So big fan of romance songs, but not of romance films. No, that's you. Then. Correct. Okay. So moving on, making a big mistake. I have been doing that while I'm here. Yes. Where are we going no, next? That's the next track. Making a big mistake by my brother. say that because mm. when I listened to this and I realised it was Mike singing yeah. I thought why didn't they sing this well on Acting Very Strange yes that's exactly what I think because, because he's it's great vocals on this yeah. he does a superb job of singing this apart from it hasn't heard it all. that bit Wait, that was you no that was Mike that, that part of the song oh that just sounds awful yes he do, he does <laughs> he just dropped the ball on a couple of the <laughs> yes, he does do that. Yeah. But other than that... It's brilliant. Awesome singing. Really, really good track. I mean, this is much better than anything else that was on Acting Very Strange. Yes. By a, a country mile. Literally. You literally. Yeah. I mean, we were both big fans of that album. Yeah, we were. We loved it. It's favourite album. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, this is a great track. Well, no, let's let's just calm down. Yeah. We're, we're high on mic at the moment. Yeah. Let's just calm down. This is an okay track. Yes. Yeah, I think Great was pushing it. I got overexcited yeah. there, excuse me. It's, yeah. it's, it's this sugary popcorn. It's, it's making me hyper. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? You have to put it in context. Is it better than acting very strange? Oh, yes. God, yes. Definitely. <laughs> Is it better than Walk Through the Fire? Yeah, I'd say it's on par. Well, I, I would actually put this ahead of that yeah. one. Even though it again struggled with the repetitive chorus. Mm. Yes, it did. But... All in all, I think this is a good song as it is. 
Yeah, I've got I've got no problems at all with this yeah. song. Um, I say a little repetitive on the chorus. Mm-hmm. Mike's singing is great, apart from the mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've got no problems with this track. Um, yeah. It's fine. Uh, the musical arrangement's pretty good. Yeah, I like the way it starts with a nice brooding intro and then builds up to a bit of a crescendo. Yeah, and then drops down into that same brooding. It's sort got of the beat. whole wibbly wobbly thing has. going on. And I especially like the way it ends. Yeah, I like him when they end too. Yeah, no, no, just the way that ends. The, oh right, the way it kind of winds down almost because it, it does that, and that's how it ends. It doesn't fade out. Yeah, because you it's hate always, things that fade out. I do hate things that fade out, especially <laughs> when they just keep singing the chorus. Yeah, and fade it out, but it takes like five minutes to fade out. Yeah. You think. I know the chorus. Stop least, singing it. At least they're not fading it out in the middle of a brand new verse. Yes, that was... Uh, <laughs> for, the, for listeners of our, our old podcast, assuming anybody's ever tuned in twice <laughs> to our podcast, um, they'll know what we mean. Uh, yeah. Can you remember which album that was off? Calling All Stations. It was Calling All Stations, mm. yes. When they were, we were just going, but it was just getting good, and you just literally <laughs> cut it. <laughs> yeah, yes, that was quite annoying. Yeah, you should start singing a new verse. What are you fading it for? Yeah, that was, that was crazy. But yeah, I don't know whether this was written as part of the acting very strange strange sessions or not because again can't really find much information about this song it doesn't feel like it belongs on the album it doesn't it sounds more like it should be on small creeps day which was a great album it was i think if noel mccaller had sung this on small creeps day i think that would have been a, a fantastic addition to the album you say that but mike does do a very good he does, job he does do a good job yeah. so i mean even if mike had sung this himself mm. on small creeps day i think it'd have fit nicely yeah. Generally, it's a good song. Yeah, I've got no problem with this. And yeah. um, interestingly, Mike must have made a massive amount of money from this because it was the B-side to the Against All Odds single. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the money. Yeah. <laughs> nice. If you're, if you're going to write a mediocre song, <laughs> put it on the B-side of a really great That's song. the fifth best-selling single especially of one, the year. Especially of a single you didn't write yeah. and then no matter what happens, you just stand there and <laughs> take the money. Yeah. Phil must have been his best pal for ages. <laughs> must have done. Awesome. Uh, yes. There you go. Right. Well, that's those three tracks from Against All Odds. Let's move on. Okay, uh, before we do that, yeah. I am just oh, I'm really dry after all that. I'm going to go get some ice cream. Do you mind? Mm. No, no, no. I'll only be a minute. The, the kiosk just outside. I'll be... 30 seconds at most. I can, oh, oh, they've got some lovely flavours. Are you sure I don't want one? No? Great, great. I'm go just going to go and get one. All right. Back in five seconds. Okay. Bye. I don't think he's coming back. You have been listening to a Revelation Station podcast. Brought to you by the genius that is Gary Starr. The whining sound you heard in the background was Simon Heldridge. You can find us on Facebook. You can donate to us at buymeacoffee.com. You can contact us at revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Revelation Station production. <laughs>